Mile high, hello everybody in Broncos country and welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I'm your host Lance Sanderson and joining me as always is my colleague and very good friend. He is also your Denver Broncos insider and mile high huddle senior NFL draft analyst, Eric Trickle. Eric, what's going on up in Alaska, man? I know in Wyoming right now we're, we're getting hit with a pretty good snowstorm, which is, might throw a little bit of a, a haywire in my elk hunting plans coming up this weekend. So Eric, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. I'm glad that I got to get away for a little bit on my vacation. It's pouring down rain, which I absolutely hate. At this time of year, I'd definitely much rather have the snow and just deal with that. It looks like it's going to be another really bad winter where we get snow, then it rains, melts the snow, then freezes. Just makes roads very dangerous and not something I'm looking forward to. But I'm glad that I got to get away, as I was saying. Got to go on a little mini vacation, spend some time with the family and my daughter and all that stuff like that. And just had a generally good time. And just unfortunately, my vacation wasn't long enough, but hey, what can we do? I, I, vacations aren't nearly long enough. It, it, even if you do plan them to be long, uh, a good long vacation, they're definitely not long enough as it is. But I'm, I'm excited for this this week off that I get to go elk hunting. So we'll we'll see what happens. Hopefully, hopefully it's a it's a good time with my folks and and everybody like that. But I, it it's always fun no matter what just to get away. But it, it's never long enough. But guys, today we're gonna we're gonna kind of break into a little bit of the the future of this Broncos roster and and what the the Broncos could potentially be looking at as far as the unrestricted free agency period following the 2019 season. We're going to take a look at the guys that are going to be available in 2020, including the restricted and exclusive rights free agents, which we're going to break into first. So guys, here we go. A phenomenal win for the Denver Broncos on Sunday, beating the Chargers in LA for the second year in a row. Phenomenal. And they also covered... You guys, if you've missed out on any of the fun, there is still plenty of time left for you to get in on the action with my bookie. Of course, we got the Broncos-Titans this week, but how about an in-game wager or some player props? Do you still think the AFC West might be in play with the Chiefs losing and the Raiders winning and the Chargers losing and the Broncos winning? You guys, go get great odds on that too. That just scratches the surface though. I mean, we have teamed up with my bookie this October to give you this great offer. Here it is. Ready? Sign up at mybookie.ag, use promo code OVERTIME, and they will match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME, and new users, you get your first deposit doubled. Mybookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, Eric, the, the Broncos currently sitting at one and four. The, they've got a lot of questions as to the really kind of the direction of the rest of this season. And also, you know, moving forward, this roster is really going to see a lot of turnover next year. I mean, there's more than 20 free agents coming up, including all the, ex- the exclusive rights, free agents, the restricted free agents, unrestricted free agents and everybody like that. And the guys that you probably are going to see return to this roster uh, immediately just because they are so cheap are the exclusive rights free agents. Guys like, you know, Devontae Bosby, who is now hurt. He's going to be on IR for the rest of the year. Devontae Thomas also on IR. Tim Patrick on IR. You know, just the, the, the younger guys on the rosters that, that, that doesn't have at least three accrued seasons. And in accrued season, you actually have to play more than six games. And now Devontae Thomas, he did play a lot last year, but that was only one accrued season. His, his rookie year, he didn't, he didn't play a whole lot bounce off the practice squad this year obviously on IR before the 53 man roster was finalized he's not eligible to return this year so Demonte Thomas is probably going to be a guy that we're going to going to see coming back immediately so i mean it you got Tim Patrick as well. Tim Patrick's possibly going to be coming off IR. We'll, we'll break off onto Tim Patrick a little bit more but Eric who are the guys that the Broncos are more than likely going to be bringing back outside of those guys? 
Well, basically, all your exclusive rights, free agents, you always bring back. Unless they're, like, completely awful. Just simply because it's cheap labor. All you have to do is you have to pay the minimum contract, which is less than 600000 a year. I think for this year it was, like, 525000 depending on how long you've been in the NFL or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know exactly off the head. Off the top of my head, but Bob Morris is the guy for that. But I just know it's cheap labor. And when you have expensive players, that's how you help build your roster, especially with guys like Bosby Thomas, Patrick, and Deontay Spencer, all guys who have shown that they can contribute on this team in some way or another. Then they have Devonta Harris as well, Trey Marshall, Jake Rogers, and Calvin Anderson. Those are the guys that round out their exclusive rights free agents. And then my biggest thing is, what do you do with the restricted free agents? You have Mike Purcell, who I definitely think is worth bringing back. But do you tag him with an original round tender? Or do you just try to get an extension done? He's a guy that I've definitely, as I said, would be looking at bringing back. But right now, I wouldn't look at tendering him. But if he continues to play well, then i definitely look at an original round tender. Joe Jones is another one that may be an original round tender. Elijah Wilkinson as well. But those are guys that I would much rather be much rather go get for like a two or three year very cheap deal because the original round tender is just still going to be a little bit too rich for my blood. And then Brandon Allen, of course, it all depends on how they feel about him this year, but he was basically brought in to replace Drew Locke. They won't have that issue next year, so I don't see him being brought back, but you know, never know. Yeah, and with Wilkinson, you know, you, you, I don't necessarily think that they they're going to tender him. They might they might offer him a, a a really cheap deal just with the struggles that he's had. He has been very miscast playing as the right tackle position this year. He's not quite athletic enough to handle the speed guys coming off of the edge. So with the ups and downs, he does I, I think currently lead not not only the team but I think the NFL in sacks allowed. He's got six sacks this year, so that's it. He's he's had his struggles up and down. There have been flashes of of really good play, and I think that if you move him back inside and maybe get him as like a swing guard he would probably be better suited on this roster but as far as a as a, a right tackle of the future he's he's not going to be the guy the Broncos are going to go into the draft and they're going to be looking to refortify this offensive line and they may also do so in in free agency the the tackle class doesn't necessarily look really good this year so it, the best bet is probably either to go in and get a right tackle of the future or if the Broncos pick high get a guy like Tristan Wirfs or Andrew Thomas and then maybe think about sliding Garrett Bowles over to the right which I mean who really knows if that's actually a possibility but I mean, moving forward away from the from the younger guys and the cheaper guys, this is the real meat and potatoes part of this this podcast, guys. There, there are a lot of really good veterans on this team, aging veterans, fan favorites, and, and guys that are going to be – there's questions if they're going to be able to return this after this season. Just because, I mean, the, the contract situations, the, the age, injury concerns, stuff like that. I started off just real quick with Chris Harris Jr., the Broncos fan favorite cornerback, perennial pro bowler. He doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. But this year he's, he's had some struggles with inconsistency in his coverage. I, I think he's kind of not really a great – great scheme fit for Vic Fangio but I mean there's there's already been discussions of him wanting out of Denver he asked for a trade earlier this offseason they did finally get him in a a restructured deal but it was only for this year so I don't think that Chris Harris Jr. is going to come back Eric do you no, I definitely think that he's on his way out. I think that Denver's losing tendencies over the last few years have really soured him on being in Denver. He may say he loves it, but a lot of people say they love a lot of things that they don't actually love. So insert insert joke here about probably in-laws for most people. But 
Anyways, I, I think that there's definitely a sour relationship there. I think the whole thing with the, his contract over the offseason, him wanting out, him not wanting out, all the those issues definitely hurt the relationship there. I don't see him coming back. He's definitely not playing as good this year as he seems to think he is, which is very concerning. He did have a good game against the Chargers, but that was after multiple weeks of down play, especially against the run. But I think that of the defensive backs, starting off with Harris, you also have Justin Simmons and Will Parks, and you also have to factor in contracts for them. Right now, I wouldn't be bringing Will Parks back. He's still so inconsistent and still makes mental rookie errors that he shouldn't be making at this point. And he misses so many stinking tackles, but so does Justin Simmons. But we're starting to see Justin Simmons flash a little bit. We saw a little bit more of that against the Chargers than we have the rest of the season, or the beginning part of the season anyways. And we need to see if he can continue to build upon that. He might be asking for a top safety contract. So that's where things become sticky is, do you try and bring back Harris and let Simmons walk? Do you try and bring back Simmons, the younger guy, and keep and let Harris walk? Definitely a lot of things that Denver has to balance out. Simmons, I think, of these three guys is the more, most likely to be brought back, but I could definitely see see them letting him walk if that price tag definitely shoots up like many people I've spoken to think it will. Yeah, and the thing with Simmons is it, like everybody just continues to say, this is the year that Simmons is going to break out. This is the year that Simmons is going to break out. But we continue to see, just over the past few seasons at least, that Simmons is really not breaking out. I mean, he's he's still showing the same not aligning himself correctly. He's missing tackles out in the open field, mental mistakes, over-pursuing over in the running game, stuff like that. Just the, the same inconsistencies that we've seen with him. And everybody thought that with Vic Fangio, he was going to take that, that next leap and actually become a, a really good future piece for this this Broncos secondary but he's not going to be an Eddie Jackson type of player he's just not he doesn't get the, his hands on the ball nearly enough and for whatever reason it's just not clicking with him in in that in that regard so if he's going to be asking for a top tier extension or a top tier deal as far as safeties are paid in the NFL I don't think the Broncos need to need to do that I I mean they I would rather have Chris Harris Jr. back on this roster if it, if it were me but I mean you got age and injury issues with Chris Harris Jr. he hasn't looked good coming back off of that broken leg that he suffered last year so it's it's really hard and with Will Parks just briefly I'm a guy that really kind of needs to eat some crow on Will Parks I've been touting the ability that he has had in coverage and we just haven't seen him I mean back in 2014 when he was with the Arizona Wildcats uh, pro football focus called him the top rated uh, nickel cornerback slot cornerback in all of college football the transition to safety probably hasn't helped that and just with the missed tackles and everything the only real reason why you'd want to bring him back is just the the effectiveness that he does have as far as adding uh, special teams prowess you know know? so there's just I, I mean the 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 most likely of the those three guys to to come back it's it's really kind of a coin flip between Harris and Simmons but there's there's a lot of issues with both either way so now moving forward guys there we're going to stick on the defensive side of the football for this this first part and we're going to we're going to talk the Broncos actually have three players on their defensive line that are going to be upcoming for free agency in 2020 in Shelby Harris, Adam Gotsis and Derek Wolf now this is where things get kind of interesting because Derek Wolf is obviously a fan favorite. He's been here. He's one of the veterans that, that helped win Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50 back in 2015. But this year has probably been the worst season of his career to date, at least at this particular point, in which he's been fully healthy. So he's been very inconsistent in the run. He hasn't shown any pass rush, prow- pass rush prowess excuse me, at all. And 
I mean, it's it's hard to to continue to see him have the struggles he, that he has had, and then want him to continue to come back with the with the neck injury he had in his earlier years and being at 30 years old. So yeah, he did take a hometown discount, so maybe he's going to be looking to get paid. Eric, I don't know. What do you think? I think with the play he's shown this year, I'd think that him getting paid is kind of out the window. I think that I think that for him, he'd probably be looking at a cheaper deal, or at least looking at not necessarily he is but teams are looking at a cheaper deal for him that will see him coming off the bench because his play has been actually really bad this year and the fact that the Broncos actually benched Adam Gotsis who's played great this year and in favor of moving Mike Purcell to nose tackle and Shelby Harris to his defensive end spot instead of benching Wolf really doesn't sit well with me. Adam Gotsis has been great for the Broncos as a run defender. He's definitely getting scapegoated. I went back and I really broke down the run defense against the Jaguars. And even though he, they were busting off big runs to towards Adam Gotsis, it wasn't because of Adam Gotsis. It was because of the failure of Shelby Harris at nose tackle where he was completely miscast or the failures of the edge guys either at defensive back or the linebackers not Pop, not properly containing and some of that does fall on Bradley Chubb and yes Adam Gotts did have his mistakes every player does but it wasn't bad enough to worth benching him and he is definitely a guy because of his run defense because of the issues that Denver has with run defense outside of him with Demarcus Walker and Draymond Jones I could definitely see Adam Gotts being brought back but Derek Wolf I think that he definitely needs to go I think he if he doesn't if okay I think that if Derek Wolf wants a big contract, he definitely needs to go. If he's willing to take less and come off the bench, then I'm fine bringing him back. And Shelby Harris, I think, will be looking at a big contract, especially if he really emerges this year like we all thought he would. He was definitely, as I said, he was miscast as a nose tackle. He's playing defensive end now. That seems to be where they want to continue playing him. So we'll see how he continues going on as the season goes and where his contract status is going. If he breaks out like so many players, like so many people like myself thought he would this year, he could definitely be looking at a huge contract this year. And at that point, I would probably be leaning towards just letting him walk. Uh, this is a team that still needs a lot, that still has a lot of pieces that they have to re- to really get to be competitive. And I don't think I can't really justify paying Shelby Harris as much as he'll be looking at when you just drafted Draymond Jones in the third round and Demarcus Walker looks like he's really starting to emerge. Yeah, Demarcus Walker has been playing very, very well this year. He, it, you, you broke him down in a film piece. It, it, I'm not sure if it was last week or the week before. After I think it was after the Jaguars game, and how he's kind of made you eat crow yourself specifically, as you you were really kind of critical of his play, especially over the the first couple of years of of his career. So just to just obviously with the with the youth movement that the Broncos have right now on the defensive line, Derek Wolf seems to just kind of be the odd man out right now. And Adam Gotsis actually has shown some flashes as as uh, potential piece that could be used as, as, a, as a pass rusher. Shelby Harris we thought was going to be the guy that was going to really break out this year, but it's actually has been Gotsis. and as you said, just seeing Gotsis being benched last week against the Chargers was was very frustrating to me. I mean, it, the results actually kind of worked. The, the Broncos held the Chargers to only 35 yards rushing, and Purcell was a really big part of that, but I mean, it, the the starting defensive line for the Broncos needs to be, as of this moment, Shelby Harris at defensive end, Mike Purcell at nose tackle, and Adam Gotsis at the other defensive end spot with Draymond Jones and uh, Demarcus Walker coming off the bench in, in rotation. I mean, they, they offer a lot more in the in the pass rush aspect right now than, than Derek Wolf has shown over the, the earlier parts of this season. So 
But guys, we got to take a quick break here really fast. But before we go, I just want to remind you all to head on over to milehighhuddle.com to check out all of our written content on your Denver Broncos. At the Huddle website, you'll get breaking news, analysis, and opinion articles, as well as in-depth film breakdowns of not only Broncos players, but matchups to watch in an upcoming game or even our top-notch NFL draft coverage. Coming up here soon, I do have a, a film breakdown on Kareem Jackson, so you guys can also create your own personalized profile to tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. It only takes a couple of minutes to, to create that profile. You can hit up the comment section to voice your opinions on any subjects that you agree or disagree with. It's completely free and it's easy to use, and we all love to discuss Broncos football with our readers. You can also sit in with us during the live game thread to talk your thoughts on how the team is performing as well. So with that, guys, we got to step away for a few minutes. Sit tight. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hoopin' with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, welcome back to Dove Valley Deep Divers. Today we are talking about the the free agents for this Denver Broncos team coming up in 2020. We just got done discussing the restricted free agents and and the defensive free agents, and now we got to kind of flip the script here a little bit and look at the offensive side of the ball. And the big one, obviously another fan favorite and has actually looked very good this year at times, is showing the the same explosiveness that we have seen coming off of his uh, torn Achilles from last year, Emmanuel Sanders. And now... This is probably another issue, kind of the same issue with Chris Harris Jr. He wants to win, and this team right now is not currently construct- constructed for him to do so. And with the with the emergence of Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton potentially in the passing game, we haven't really seen Deshaun Hamilton much, but Cortland Sutton has been a, a revelation this year, it, just showing big playability after big playability every single game. The 70-yard touchdown pass that he caught from Joe Flacco last week against the Chargers was absolutely fantastic. And with with Emmanuel Sanders coming back, I mean, he's 33 this year, so 
it's it's hard to see the Broncos with the youth movement that they're trying to do and rebuild this roster. It's hard to see the the Broncos bring Emmanuel Sanders back next year. I just don't see it. Yeah, it's a hard seeing them bring back Emmanuel Sanders. They've invested young in wide receiver. I could definitely see them in continuing to invest young at wide receiver with the draft class this year. It just doesn't make sense to pay him the money that he'd probably be looking for to go to a team that's not a contender. So I definitely think that Emmanuel Sanders is out in Denver it's been great having you here, but it's time to go, basically. I think that he's going to be looking to try to get another championship before he ends up retiring, and he'll definitely be chasing that ring, which more power to him. Like I have no issues with that. Denver is not a team that's competitive. It's per- perfectly, perfectly fine to see him go chase that ring. But on the offensive side of the ball, there is one guy that I definitely would be 100% trying to bring back, and that's Connor McGovern. A lot of people want to be down on him because he did have a couple bad snaps against the Chargers. But other than that, his play has been great this year. And, I mean, well, I shouldn't say great. It's been up and down. But for the most part, it's been really good football. But he also offers that versatility of you can play him at guard, you can play him at center. So Denver has some options that they want to go because Ron Leary, he's struggling this year at right guard. He's allowed, he's been called for six holding penalties, haven't given, hasn't given up a sack yet. But there's a team option with his injury history. I have a hard time seeing Denver picking up that that and that team option for him. So that could see Connor McGovern get pushed back to right guard. Center is a little bit better for him because it helps cover some of his weaknesses and pass protection. But he is a guy that I would definitely be looking at bringing back if I was the Denver Broncos. Then you have Andy Janovich. I think that we're going to continue to see him have a bigger role with the offense as the season goes on. And I can definitely see this team really wanting to keep him around beyond this year. And it makes sense. As long as he's not looking for too much money because it's a fullback position and Denver, they're not really using him all that much. I mean, it may change as the season goes on, but fullbacks just don't get used that often. Don't pay him big bucks. And if he wants it, just go elsewhere. And then Devontae Booker, he's not getting used. They brought in Theo Riddick to try and replace him. He got hurt. Devontae Booker continues to not be used. He's played one snap on offense. He's played, I think, 64 on special teams. He just isn't being used. There's no point in bringing him back you shouldn't be you shouldn't sign running backs to second contracts unless they're like exceptional but even then it all depends on money it's so easy to replace running backs in this day and age that you don't have to spend on that i'm perfectly fine letting booker go as well so i definitely bring back Connor mcgovern janovich it all depend on how the season goes on and then emmanuel sanders and Devonte booker i definitely think are their time in denver is coming to an end i actually wouldn't be surprised to see Devonte booker get axed before the season's over and we'll talk about that more here in just a few yeah, and that's it's kind of unfortunate as far as Devontae Booker is concerned because if if you look at the the past play that he has had, he's had issues with holding on to the football and the, the vision issues. And there, I mean, the offensive line didn't do him any favors as far as his vision goes. But he has been the best pass protecting running back out of the backfield that the Broncos have had over the past couple of years. And that's no sla- that's no like slight to to Philip Lindsay who's done done it at least as good as he can for a guy of his stature and Royce Freeman looks to be kind of picking up as well but Devontae Booker and even though he hasn't played this year and which I mean that's probably a sign as as to like you said with with the way that Booker has not been used he's probably going to be on his way out the door you know because we've got guys on IR that we really need to talk about as well the guys on IR that could potentially be brought back from injured reserve here in the next couple of days because here in, in the after the the game against the Tennessee Titans players are eligible to start practicing again if, they're, if they've been on injured reserve after they made the 53-man roster to start the season. And right now, the Broncos have four guys. Obviously, we, we kind of alluded to it. And we're just going to start off quickly with Theo Riddick here. 
Theo Riddick, it would be a huge boost to this Broncos offense, especially the way that they like to use running backs out of the backfield. And if you've been paying attention, it hasn't been Philip Lindsay. It's actually been Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman has been the best receiving back that the Broncos have had this year coming out of the backfield. I mean, it, but Theo Riddick is one of the best receiving running backs in the entire league. And when he went down with a, with a broken shoulder, that really kind of set this Broncos offense back because they had to really kind of rely on Devontae Booker, even though he hasn't actually seen time. So Theo Riddick is a guy that is probably going to start seeing some practice time on next Monday or Tuesday after the Broncos play against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I think that Theo Riddick was definitely brought in to replace Booker. Everybody knows that. His getting hurt just threw a wrench in the plans there. He was brought in because he is a really good pass protector. He's a really good receiver out of the backfield. And as a runner, he fits the scheme better than Devontae Booker does. His vision is a little bit better. But health was an issue that was a reason why he was let go by the Lions. So, And we see it happening here. I definitely think that he is one that they are going to be bringing back off of injury reserve. Because if they're not, what's the point of keeping him around? Like, why wouldn't they come to an injury settlement with him and let him go, let him get healthy, and then let him go elsewhere? Unless they planned completely to bring him back after this year, because his contract is up after this year. It was only a one-year deal. So it's not like, oh, hey, we cut him, we're going to lose him next year. It's, (laughs) no, you're keeping him around because you want to play him this year. You want to get him back on the field this year. Of the other guys, Tim Patrick... I don't think he's going to be brought back simply because of how other receivers are doing. They're trying to get Fred Brown involved. They have Juwan Winfrey around as well. And Tim Patrick, they still have to wait a couple more weeks before he's actually able to because he wasn't put on injured reserve right away. They, he got hurt later on in the, after the couple first couple games or first game, whenever it was. And so they have to wait just a little bit longer. So it really comes down to Theo Riddick, who I definitely think is a for-sure guy coming off the off of injury reserve, and Jake Butt and Drew Locke. Which one's it going to be? Tight ends are showing up, so I could definitely see Drew Locke getting him out on the field, being able to evaluate him. But the Denver Broncos have been planning on just basically redshirting Drew Locke this year. They, when they put him on injury reserve, it was with the intentions to have him sit the full year. They wanted him working on the virtual reality stuff, working on film, working on the mental side of, ga- of the game, because he already showed so much progress on the physical side of things that they just wanted to focus on that for this year and then come back when he's 100% healthy after the season and work on continuing his physical growth. So is their team record going to change and throw a wrench in that? I don't know yet. I definitely think it should. I think Drew Locke should be the other one. But I could definitely see the Broncos deciding to go with Theo Riddick and Jake Butt, especially if they continued, if they are able to stack wins upon the first win and look like they might actually be able to push for a playoff spot. I don't think it's likely that they will be able to, but if they internally feel it, that's a whole different story. How we feel sitting here recording this for you guys is not necessarily what the Denver Broncos brass is feeling. I could definitely see them, as I've been saying, going with the running back and the tight end over bringing that young quarterback simply because they've already been planning to sit him this year in the first place. Yeah, and that kind of throws a a wrench into the the discussion about the Broncos if they do, you know, take a – get a a top five pick this year. And we kind of broke it down a little bit. What should the Broncos do if the Broncos did actually get a top five pick? That was last week's episode. And, I mean, if if you're not going to get Drew Locke on the field this year, you have to at least have some kind of a development plan for him moving forward. And taking a quarterback in the top five next year just doesn't make sense if you're going to keep him on injured reserve. If you take him off of injured reserve and you can actually watch him play and see whether 
whether he can or cannot be the guy moving forward, then that might be a, a that might open up another uh, another can of worms for the Broncos moving forward. But I, I really kind of agree with you with the with the, the the plan that the Broncos have in place right now. Just let him sit, let him let him work with the virtual reality stuff and, and everything like that. Yeah, I don't. The the only really kind of issue with me wanting Jake Butt to come off of injured reserve has been the play of Austin Beck. And he's played really well in the time that he actually has got on the field, especially as a run blocker. So with Noah Fant, obviously he's going to be the primary guy at the tight end position. Uh, Jeff Hireman, he had a big a big reception down the seam on the first play of the game last week against the Chargers. So Austin Beck, he actually had some, some good time against the Chargers as well, opening up holes in the running game for, for Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. So maybe you don't actually need to bring Jake Butt off of IR you should just let him sit up on there for the rest of the season as well. It's going to be kind of a, a tricky situation moving forward for the Broncos. Jake Butt, Drew Locke, that's really the discussion as far as the guys coming off of injured reserve. So anyways, guys, we're getting a little bit long. We're going to have to take another quick break. We'll be right back on the other side. Thanks. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, welcome back to Dove Valley Deep Divers. Uh, we're done talking about all the free agents uh, coming up for the 2020 season, and now it's time to take a, just a quick look. It's it's a little bit early in the week. We still got some some breakdowns to do as far as the Tennessee Titans goes, but we did get, uh, get a chance to really kind of take a look at what the Broncos could do successfully against the Tennessee Titans and hopefully come away with back-to-back victories. So, Eric, I'm going to let you start off with your prediction and your, and your key matchup. Who do, you, who do you think comes out on top this week? I think that the Broncos managed to win their second game in a row and get to two and four on the season. I don't think the Titans are as good as advertised. They have a really good defense. They have weapons, but it all comes down to the quarterback. That quarterback they have definitely holds them back. He's very easy to confuse and get to because and just harass. They have allowed 38 hits so far, that offensive line has, and 22 sacks. Now having Taylor Lewan back, yes, that's going to help a little bit. But there's still a bad unit on their offensive line. Marcus Mariota is still a bad quarterback. He still has a tendency to hold the ball way too long. So it comes down to shut down Derrick Henry, make Marcus Mariota play quarterback, and you should be able to see some, some success. Of course, there's also going to be a the, – on the flip side of things, Denver has to step up offensively. They have to play a clean game, watch the turnovers, which has been an issue for them, and move the ball effectively against this – against this tough Titans defense. A lot of people are saying that the Titans could push for a playoff spot this year because of their defense and their run game. And that is definitely very true. They are very talented doing that. And I'll be very curious to see how the Broncos are able to match up with the receivers that they have as they try to harass Marcus Mariota going back to that side of the ball for them. Because Chris Harris is there on his own. Who's he going to match up against? There's some pretty good receiver talent there that the Titans have as well, which could help out Marcus Mariota. Potentially, they look at a quick strike passing game to help take the pressure off the offensive line and the pa- take, basically take the teeth out of the Broncos' pass rush. Definitely an interesting game to watch down. I think that the Broncos end up walking away with this one. I don't have a score prediction just yet, but I do think that the Broncos managed to put up 20 points on this while holding the Titans to under 20 points. 
That, it, that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. And the the biggest key to this game is to make Mar- Marcus Mariota beat you as a quarterback. I know you, you kind of just alluded to that, but one of the biggest strengths that he has is, as far as his ability to play football is the the fact that he is a very mobile mobile quarterback and can get out of the pocket and he can extend plays with his legs. And he's a dangerous threat r- running the ball down the field. So you can't let him get you know that 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 schoolyard mentality going. You can't let him get outside of the pocket and, and beat you with his legs. You actually have to hold him in the pocket and and create a consistent pass rush on him and get him to the ground quickly in the down because if he does extend plays, he can burn you really quickly. And, I mean, I, I don't really I, – I like the, the, the wide receivers that the – the Titans do have Corey Davis, a former first-round pick. A.J. Brown, uh, rookie this year, second-round pick. He's had some flashes this year as well. But the guy that you really got to watch out for in the, the Titans passing game is their tight end, Delaney Walker. He's he's aging veteran, but he's a very savvy veteran. Decent route runner. He's not over-athletic. He has really, really good and soft hands. And he's a, a, a really big favorite of Marcus Mariota. So if you're if you're going to watch out for any kind of threat in the passing game, it's going to be Delaney Walker with the, with the struggles that the Broncos have had covering the tight end position and especially kind of running backs out of the backfield as well. Derrick Henry really not going to show you any kind of receiving prowess out of the backfield. Deion Lewis is a guy that maybe you want to watch out for, but, I mean, really the the guy that the the Titans are going to really want to rely on in the offense is Delaney Walker. Getting Taylor Lewan is really going to help as well. I mean, the, the Titans right now, their offensive line has not been playing good in the passing game, but the, and they're averaging 4.2 yards per carry in the running game, but they have a lot of negative runs, specifically to the left-hand side. Running to the left, they have nine runs that have been stuffed right at or behind the line of scrimmage, two up the middle and six to the right. A lot of negative running running plays right now, and even with Derrick Henry, that's a that's probably a good way for the Broncos to exploit this this Titans offense. Now, defensively, I really haven't got a chance to to break down the Titans defense nearly as much. I know they got a, a pair of really good cornerbacks in Logan Ryan and and Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler, obviously the 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 key to the New England Patriots beating the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl a few years ago with that that timely interception at the goal line, but he hasn't really been very good over the past couple of years. He did get benched by the Patriots, and last year he wasn't very good for the Titans either. So I mean, it, there's there's some opportunities for the Broncos to, to come away with a victory here, and they just have to be consistent. They have the offensive explosion in the first quarter against the Chargers, and obviously again in the, the first quarter against the Jaguars. So Let's maintain that consistency. Let's maintain that explosive and the creative play calling that we saw. Don't get conservative if something bad happens and just take the teeth out of the offense. you got to stay aggressive, especially with this game being in Denver. Like, Go get this team. This is a team that you can actually shut down and control from the opening kickoff and actually reset the tone for this 2019 season. Yes, at 1-4, and four, the playoffs are probably out of hand, but building back-to-back wins, you never know. This team could actually rattle off four or five wins in a row and get themselves back into the playoff discussion. But anyways, guys, that's going to do it for us today. We're going to wrap it up here. Thank you all once again for joining us on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. You guys can follow us both on Twitter by finding me at SandersonMHH and for Eric at Eric Trickle. Also be sure to follow at Mile High Huddle and set up your notifications for instant updates on your Denver Broncos. Each and every story published on the Huddle website is posted immediately on our Twitter handle so you guys have instant access right at your fingertips. You guys can also like Mile High Huddle's Facebook page as well. We love and appreciate all of your guys' support. And if it weren't for you guys, we wouldn't be able to be the fair and objective analysts for your Denver Broncos. So with that, until next time, Denver Broncos country, stay safe and take care. Y'all have a great day. Thank you.